I do not miss having roommates. I mean, it's not all that bad. I've had roommates that were great, quiet, they kept to themselves. I've also had some that were kind of creepy, like collecting bones of dead birds they found on the beach creepy. That's a story for another time. For most roommate situations, including, thank God, the one I mentioned earlier, there's an end date, a way out, which is not so easy right now. For some, it's near impossible. So how do we navigate that when we're all stuck inside and in some instances, stuck with each other? I've had friends say he needs to go. I had my dad say like, oh my gosh, Lindsay, what the, what is going on? You need to get rid of him. But I just feel awful. Like, where would he go? And I can't, I feel like I can't kick him out at a time like this. From Neon Hum Media, this is Telescope. I'm your host, Jonathan Hirsch. And Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for the foreseeable future, we're going to bring you stories of people who are far away, up close, and how each of us are learning to live through this pandemic. Producer Mary Knopf has this tale of three different, all-too-real roommate stories. When it comes to having roommates, I've historically had a grass-is-always-greener attitude about the whole thing. So, like, when I've had them, all I want is a place of my own. To be able to walk around in my underwear and, like, let the living room go to complete trash if I feel like it. But on the flip side, during the times I've lived by myself, I've missed having other people around. This is all to say that if you've never taken a single second to think about your living situation, now is definitely the time. People are really noticing how they live and who they live with because everybody's stuck at home. People are stuck with partners, kids, boyfriends, girlfriends, siblings, pets, the list goes on. But what about another group of people? People stuck with roommates. I spoke to three people living with roommates, and each of them had their own unique perspective on the whole situation. So I moved into my apartment February, officially, with a mutual friend that I met through one of my best friends at her bachelorette party while I was on shrooms. This is Jenny. She dives into friendships easily, maybe too easily. She just moved here from Atlanta, so she, like, instantly gravitated towards me. That and the psychedelic mushrooms, like, I instantly was like, this is going to be my new best friend for 2020. Not so fast. It turns out Jenny got a little ahead of herself. Things with her roommate got tense, even before the pandemic set in. You guys were having problems before the quarantine, not that she knows about these problems. Can you explain? I started introducing her to guys. We were, like, talking to guys together. And there's a few instances where guys would, like, approach me and, like, start taking my number, and then she would, like, swoop, for lack of a better word. Uh, One big one that, like, stuck out to me and my friends and my family as, like, a this might not be your best friend for 2020 was when a guy was literally putting his number in my phone and she's like, oh, my name's Michael, you should get my number in her phone. And then the guy, like, found her number, texted her his number, and I never heard from that guy. 
This scenario repeated itself a few times before Jenny started realizing that maybe she had made a mistake in choosing this girl as her roommate. And this was already like a couple months before COVID hit. And then, of course, COVID hit. I was just pretty blase about it. I thought it's another flu. And then I started doing my research and I saw like how quickly COVID-19 spreads and how it really affects people of all ages who have underlying conditions, including my mom who has asthma. And so I expressed that concern with my roommate and was basically like, hey, can we just be extra like careful about where we're going and like who we're associating with? It seemed simple enough. By mid-March, the city was shutting down, everyone was working from home, and there was nowhere to go. Nothing to do. Jenny assumed she and her roommate were on the same page, but they weren't. That following weekend, she just, like, disappeared for, like, 24 hours. And I didn't want to be her mom and be like, oh, where are you? What are you doing? Who are you with? Are you going to bring back germs? But then she, like, posted a picture of her watching, I think it was Anchorman, like in a backyard movie theater. How many people just have like an intimate two-person backyard movie? No one. She could not stop thinking about all the people her roommate might have seen that night, all the places that all those people had been, all the germs that were in all the places that all those people had been. And she just completely spiraled. All the hypotheticals were driving me insane. When she came in and walked through the door after all this, What happened? I just didn't talk to her for like a week. (laughs) I can't tell you whether Jenny is right or wrong in her frustrations. This all happened during a really confusing time, and everyone's levels of urgency were understandably different. But I do think the story has some relatable insights. The thing that's really complicated about pandemic roommate situations right now is that there are so many more triggers for disagreements, but you're entirely stuck together. So the idea of a confrontation is the absolute worst because, okay, it might go well. Maybe this person will be really receptive to what you have to say, but there's like an equal chance that they won't be, and then it'll blow up and you'll both be stuck. How do you weigh these two options? The option to confront and risk like deep discomfort or the option to let things go and just kind of like let them fester. Jenny just kind of chose the fester option. We just moved in together. It's not worth ruining someone's experience in a new city during these like really crazy times like stressing someone out over something that's so trivial now, I just won't take her out to find guys, you know? When you're able to again, I guess. If I'm ever able to. Honestly, though, that should be another podcast series of just like how amazing my pimp mentality has been during all this. I have so many guys on a roster right now. It's insane. <laughs> yeah, tell, 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 me, <laughs> tell me more. Tell me more about that. <laughs> All right, so Jenny's fine for now, I guess. And it helps that she and her roommate are both women. They already kind of knew each other. Both of their issues are valid, but also kind of petty in a way. In short, things could be way worse. I mean, as soon as we found out we were, the city was going into lockdown, I I had a bit of a panic attack and 
I was like, I can't, I can't believe that I'm going to be stuck with this guy. And by way worse, I mean, meet Lindsay. My name is Lindsay Sigliano. I live in London, England, in Southfields. I rent a two-bed flat and I was living, I moved in here about two years ago with my ex-boyfriend at the time. Um, and we broke up um, about five months ago and I decided to stay and basically replace him with a new housemate. Not to sound antisocial, but I posted an ad basically saying... It'd be great if I had, you know, maybe an actor or someone who worked evenings and weekends because I work Monday to Friday. If we had opposite schedules, that'd be ideal. You know, then you'd have the place to yourself and I'd have the place to myself. I'm 34. I kind of want to just come home, cook, do my thing and go to bed. So I wasn't really looking for kind of a social um, situation. So I did meet this guy. He came to see the, the room. My first impressions of him were that he was a little bit eccentric or a little bit strange. And I thought, you know, that's okay. Um, but it was, it was just ideal because his schedule, because he worked nights and he was studying on the weekends and he would be in classes on the weekends. So I immediately gave him the room. I mean, I just didn't even really question it. That was two months ago. But if you're living with them, you can learn a lot about somebody in two months. You know, I, I kind of noticed right away that he was a bit um, a bit strange and his boundaries are not great. So, you know, if I'm trying to get to bed or, I, you know, we're having a chat and that's fine in the kitchen and then I'm going to the bathroom to brush my teeth, he'll follow me to the bathroom. And he'll literally stand in the doorway while I'm, like brushing my teeth and I've like there's been a couple times where I'm like gonna have a shower or gonna you know have a pee and I have basically had to be like like slam the door in his face but this started happening before the, the lockdown and I mean I just never thought for a million years that I would end up in this situation where literally we've been in lockdown together this is when the dynamic got really weird when we first went into lockdown um I was still doing my job via Zoom, and I made a comment one day. I was like, I actually have to put on some work clothes because um, I had to go on video. And he said, he said something like, "Oh well, I wouldn't mind if you just didn't put on any clothes for the for the lockdown." And it's just, I mean, it just made me super uncomfortable. Lindsay was essentially in a pandemic roommate nightmare. Does he have a crush on you, you think? I don't know. I don't think so. I just think he's inappropriate. To be honest, I still kind of disagree with Lindsay here, but what do I know? I think sometimes he doesn't understand what kind of things would, ma would make me uncomfortable. Like, he talks about sex quite a bit, and I've had to say, like, I don't, I'm, I really don't want to hear about your sex life. Okay, so her roommate is definitely annoying, and in my opinion, definitely creepy. But then he took it a step way too far. There's been a couple talks of him threatening to get drunk and me having to put up with him. I don't know what that means, but I've got a bag packed in case I need to leave. Is that why your dad is worried? Yeah, probably. That's probably why my dad is worried. I mean, no one wants their daughter living with kind of a creepy guy. It's not like I'm scared this guy's going to like touch me or like you know come into my room at night there's not that fear it's just extreme like uncomfortability like I'm just constantly un uncomfortable and maybe he is hitting on me but if he is it's it's awful I mean 
and it's uninvited and I, 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 you know, I'm not interested in whatsoever. Honestly, listening to Lindsay, I thought that her roommate was pretty objectively awful and that any form of confrontation was well-deserved. But like I said earlier, people being forced to stay inside with their roommates have limited options when it comes to addressing contentious issues. I, I definitely am having like moments of, of like, get the, get the fuck away. Sorry, I probably shouldn't be swearing, but like, get away. And then moments of like feeling bad, like I should be nice to him. And I obviously don't want there to be bad blood in the house. Um, but yeah, it's fr- it is really frustrating. It might be too soon, like, to for you to have any perspective on this, but do you have any? I don't know. It's just an, it's such an odd situation. I can't, you never, I, I've, I've never experienced this before. None of us have experienced this before being stuck like this. Um, I, I guess every time I move from room to room, I am sort of value it. I'm placing value on my, my next move and looking forward to it. And like, I look forward to the garden and I look forward to going and doing yoga in the, you know, in here. And I look forward to going to, there. I guess that's kind of nice. Like small pleasures are kind of arising um, from each room when he's not in it. So in this pandemic roommate Goldilocks and the Three Bears situation, Lindsay is kind of the worst case scenario. Her house is like the porridge that is way too hot. And then I think of Jenny and she and her roommate's stalemate is like the porridge that's way too cold. So what about the roommate porridge that is just right? What does that look like? What are you drinking? Oh my God. (laughs) Anna and Logan are some of the lucky ones. We've turned some garbage wine into garbage sangria. (laughs) They've lived together for years and have known each other for about a decade. When the pandemic hit, they were like, we got this. How are you making your roommate situation work? Have you had any fights? <laughs> not yet. No, not yet. Really? Really. We're planning It seems like you guys have been having more fun than before the pandemic. It's just because I'm around more. Yeah, I would say we're having more fun because <laughs> you're around more. <laughs> yes, I don't doubt that it's great that Anna is around more. But the real secret ingredient to their roommate heaven is a little less wholesome. They're just partying all the time. So what's an average night for you? (laughs) (laughs) What time time does the night start? Let's say the night starts at 5 when you get off work. I get off work. I have my quarantini. (laughs) It's always vodka and vodka. (laughs) (laughs) Vodka and pickled onions. (laughs) (laughs) And then we, after dinner, drink more, usually take an edible, and then <laughs> watch a movie. <laughs> and then we watch six hours of uh, Twilight. <laughs> Twilight. <laughs> when I thought about how to interpret all the things going on within all the walls of people's apartments and houses, and where all these issues fall in the grand scheme of the pandemic, It's hard to come to one conclusion because everyone's experiences are clearly so different. But since Anna and Logan seem to be doing something right, as much as it pains me, I'm going to leave all you roommates out there with a quote from Stephanie Meyer's famed Twilight Saga. Quote, I decided as long as I'm going to hell, 
I might as well do it thoroughly, end quote. Not bad for Twilight, right? Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girlie? <laughs> Some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, nothing. No tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. tomatoes? Yes. Are you killed mushrooms? Not really. Okay. <laughs> if these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. Every week, we hear dozens of stories about how people are moving through this crisis. We've asked you to record voice memos of your lives in isolation. And at the end of every episode, we're going to share them here. Maya Bacon has been living in New York City for almost two decades. She was feeling burnt out and wanted a change. She decided to move to Denver in what turned out to be the middle of a global pandemic. Her new job fell through due to a coronavirus hiring freeze. But she had already rented out her New York apartment and signed a lease in Denver. So she decided to move anyway. She enjoys walking around her new neighborhood and exploring the places she'll be able to go once things open up. But she does miss her old city. You know, after 17 years, I think I'm a New Yorker. And there's part of me that feels almost guilty for leaving my city when it's down. Things are obviously rough in New York right now. And it was really, really, I mean, it was sad by the time I left. It was really quiet and eerie and isolating, but I feel like I sort of abandoned my hometown at its its time of need. One of my, probably my best friend in New York lost her father yesterday. It was, he was nine, it was his 90th birthday. You know, I couldn't hug her anyway, even if I was there, but my other friends walked to her house and brought her wine and just sat on her patio and, and talked to her. And I just wish I could do that. I'm calling her all the time, but I, I just wish I could sit with her and sort of mourn her father together. And I, I can't do any of that. And so I do, I miss all of those parts about having a community in New York, even if I can't hug anyone. Thanks to Maya for sharing your story. You can share your story with us, too, by sending a voice memo to pitches at neonhum.com. Telescope is made possible by the world-class team of producers, editors, and engineers that make up Neon Hum Media. John Asante is the managing producer of Telescope. Today's episode was produced by Mary Knopf. It was edited by Vikram Patel. Our engineer is Scott Somerville. Thanks to Matt McGinley for our theme music and to Blue Dot Sessions for additional tracks you hear on this episode. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Neon Hum Media. You can also join our Facebook group by searching for Telescope. If you like the show, please remember to rate and review it on Apple Podcasts. We want to stay connected with you during this unprecedented time in our history, so please don't be shy. Share your stories with us. Our DMs are open. If you have a story of life in isolation because of the coronavirus that you want to share with us, email us at pitches at neonhum.com. I'm Jonathan Hirsch. I hope your week's off to a good start. We'll see you in a couple of days. Hold up. 